I was probably in like 10th or 11th grade in high school and I had a sub and his name was Mr. Kite Ward. We called him the emo sub. Um, he had kind of like the emo haircut. He just looked cooler than all of the other teachers. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, of course, my friend is Aaron, and this is another episode in our Discovering Summer series. We are taking the summer months this year to hopefully introduce you to some new rad bands that might be some of your new favorites. This is my conversation with Scott Fitzpatrick, who plays guitar and sings in the band Living Room, and uh, Living Room is a band that has been around for a little while now, releasing four full lengths, including their latest record that just came out earlier this year called New Year's. We talk about three songs that influence Scott and three songs from the Living Room catalog. We also talk about the struggle of having a band name like Living Room and how difficult that can make it, you know, to Google them, stuff like that. Um, and we chat about growing old and feeling okay with writing songs with more traditional pop structures. Before we get into it, I'm just going to do some housekeeping as we do. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Growing Punk Pod. If you're on TikTok as well, you can follow us there. Uh, you can also, so if you want to throw us some support, a couple bucks a month over on Patreon, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. We've got merch up for grabs as well. Now the, the Patreon, social media, merch, all that stuff, uh, you can find it linked in the show notes. You can also find it linked in our social media bios alongside uh, mine and Aaron's personal Twitters. And of course, wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you tell all your friends about it, rate it, review it, subscribe to the show, uh, help us grow a little bit more and share some of these incredible bands uh, with, with new people. So for instance, if you end up listening to this episode and going, yeah, Living Room is pretty rad. They were right. You can share it with a friend, you know what I mean? And then you can introduce a friend to Living Room, etc. It goes on and it goes on. Let's quit messing around. Let's get down to it. This is my conversation with Scott Fitzpatrick, singer and guitar player, Discovering Living Room. back i guess to to the beginning um do you remember like the first band or song album whatever that kind of got you introduced to the whole world of punk and hardcore um early on honestly like when i was in like fourth grade i don't think this is punk or hardcore adjacent but like i got into like oasis right like uh, like a palatable rock band right yeah um, which definitely got me into wanting to play guitar and wanting to listen to that type of music mm-hmm. when i was in high school i made friends with a group of kids who introduced me to the local long island like ska and punk scene so like my first punk show was the arrogant sons of bitches <laughs> okay yeah which is like jeff rosenstock's old sure. band yeah, yeah um and world inferno friendship society um like another like wild band they like lit their symbols on fire and stuff <laughs> yeah so 
Uh, before that, I was like really, I kept to myself and I was into like Sonic Youth and like, sure, yeah. Um, but now thinking about it, I think it was really Nirvana. Like I bought the Nevermind, the CD used off of a kid on the lacrosse team when I was in like seventh grade. Sweet. Yeah. And that literally changed my life. Like literally everything after that was, I quit lacrosse. I started skateboarding with my new friends. I joined a band. Um, and that just kind of got me basically all the way up to where I am now. What, like what year or years would this have been that you were kind of getting into Nirvana that you bought the CD off your lacrosse teammate? It was probably like 2000. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it won't, well, that's kind of cool because like, I mean, Nirvana for me, so I, I'm going to guess I'm a few years older, but Nirvana for me was also like that that first band that I can remember listening to, that would be, I guess, like punk adjacent, right? Like as yeah. far as like a hundred percent being like, Oh, this band is a punk band. It wasn't necessarily Nirvana that did it for me, but they were like that first band that I can remember, you know, knowing their songs. And I never, I don't think I actually owned any of their CDs until later in life, because I'm sure my, my parents would have lost their shit had I you know brought any <laughs> of it home sort of thing. But, um, but I can remember like my friends and specifically a cousin that I spent summers with out on the East coast. That was like, he was huge into Nirvana. Right. Like, so yeah. that's what a lot of my summers kind of were about. But, um, so it's interesting that, cause that would have been around, uh, I think probably for me like 94. Um, so okay. I, so I, like really like when it was happening, like I think Kurt had passed away. Um, mm -hmm. by the time, like I was really getting into them, but yeah. yeah Cause like I, I graduated high school in 2002. So, um, I was definitely kind of, you know, earlier, earlier years that I, that I got into them. But, uh, um, yeah, they're like, as far as for myself, it's funny. Cause like when people ask that question, Nirvana isn't necessarily the band I go with, even though, you know, like their roots are 100% in the hardcore scene. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, but, but, you know, I, like funny enough, like the band that I kind of say that I can remember first hearing was Sunny Day Real Estate. That was like mm, perfect, you know, for sure in that world, right? But yeah, um, another Seattle band on Sub Pop, so go figure. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, which which Oasis record was it? If you don't mind me asking, um, the one off the top of my head is like Be Be Here Now. Sure, yeah, and, and then. Uh, what was the other one with all the hits on it? Uh, uh, what's the story? Morning Glory. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that yeah, one. Like those yeah. two, I would just listen to back to back. Yeah, it's, and it's I, yeah, yeah, because like those two for me too are like like what's the story? Morning Glory is if anyone asks like what's like your kind of go to like non punk album like that is for sure up there on my list for records that I I just love listening to. But for a long time, I always said Be Here Now was it. But now when I go back as an adult to listen to it, it's funny. I've almost like gone the other way because be here now gets a little more you know experimental and a little more psychedelic i guess you could say at times the songs yeah. are longer and all this stuff but and now i'm just like no i sorry i just want to listen to wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> no seriously yeah I, I've, I've gotten more into pop music as i've gotten older right? i, I yeah. shunned it like so hard when i was yeah. younger i did not yeah. want to play any sort of structure yeah and now i'm like Yo, everyone else does it. I could write a pop song if right. I want. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so those first like bands that you were in, you know, after Nirvana inspired you to pick up a guitar and start skateboarding and stuff. Um, 
what kind of like sounds were you going for then? Like, cause you, you, I just asked because you brought up the whole, you know, shunning pop music and not wanting to play things with like that strict of a structure sort of thing. So yeah. were you, were you kind of playing spazzier stuff or was it just more kind of free form or my first band that I was ever in was definitely more free form, mm. like very just, uh, I was really into Sonic Youth. Like I just mentioned, yeah, yeah. M- my bass player was into Primus okay yeah so like and whatever drummer we could like get to play with us just did did whatever we wanted just make noise Um, on those things (laughs) and like that was like my first i had jammed with my brother my brother played drums but we we would just jam in the basement my my first like attempt at a band was just very yeah it was spazzy it was Mm -hmm. weird um it was very bizarre the lyrics were very like just off the cuff like no no real thought they were kind of silly which i think a lot of high school bands tend to be at first sure yeah but after i met i met this new group of friends who got me into ska and stuff i I joined a ska band like (laughs) reluctantly we had like a three we had a three-piece horn section like and i tried to do my best to bring my own voice into that right you know, I, I'm proud of what we did, but like, I definitely had to give up some of my ethos to join a ska punk band, and that's when right. I really started to get into more like punk music. And okay, yeah. yeah, what were some of those kind of bands that brought you more into the the straightforward world of punk? Um, Operation Ivy was a big sure. one. Yeah, because they they had a really nice mix. Um, the Ska Flaws, just like a straight up ska band. Mm-hmm. Um. And there was like a, just a host of like Long Island local bands. That's cool. Like, yeah. I, like I mentioned ASOB and like a bunch of others that slip my mind right now. But yeah, like sure. I would always be going to shows. Like yeah. as soon as I could, you know, was I was old enough to drive. I would borrow my mom's car and yeah. just go out to shows and just see the local bands. It was really fun. There's something I, I mean, I for sure miss that part of life i guess you could say because like i mean when i was a teenager i i grew up outside of kind of like um so i live in alberta in canada and i i grew up just outside of um the city of calgary which is kind of like southern alberta and so that was the scene i grew up in but i was like 30 to 45 minutes away from like you know kind of like i'd say actually 45 to maybe an hour away from like the closest venues but like for local shows, but every week, you know, we'd be going on bum rides off my high school friends mm-hmm. or whatever, like, cause I didn't have my license until I graduated either, which was kind of funny, but I definitely miss like that whole world of like, you know, you weren't necessarily, I, I definitely went and saw the touring bands. Right. But it was just a show. You just wanted to go see a show. It didn't matter yeah. necessarily who was playing. You just wanted to be there, whether it was to experience your local, you know, a local favorite or, uh, maybe the odd touring band that was playing those shows or even just discover something new. Um, yeah, there's, I definitely kind of miss that world a little bit now that I'm older and more tired and <laughs> I'm so tired, bro. <laughs> yeah. like, seriously. Like I remember being that young. Yeah, I did it. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke weed or I didn't right. do nothing. I literally just got so buzzed on seeing shows. live music. Yeah. And then I was like, and I was of the mindset, like, if they can do it, I can do it. So yeah. then I would go back into the basement with my band and just write whatever the fuck I wanted. Like, yeah. it, like no ego or anything. It was just like, 
let's have fun and do this. Yeah, man. Um, that's, that's music. Let's speaking of music. So I got you to, uh, pick three songs that, um, either came from bands or albums or even just those songs in particular that influenced you. And then we'll Mm -hmm. also talk about three living room songs, which are off of the new album, new years. Um, so yeah, if you're down for it, why don't we, uh, why don't we jump into the first song? Let's do it. So I tried to put these, uh, as best I could. Now these first two, because they came out in the same year, I don't, I didn't check to see when they actually released, but I tried mm-hmm. to put them as best I could in like release order type thing. But, uh, so the first song we're going to listen to is a song from the band, the magnetic fields. Yes. And it is called, I don't want to get over you. I love it. I don't know if that's like an effect on the guitar or if it's a keyboard or what it is, but that kind of like lo-fi sort of um, how to like glitching effect that's going on yeah. with that like lead melody is is so cool. The first time it came on, I was like, "What?" I've I've heard of the magnetic fields, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident this is the first song I've ever listened to. Awesome. Of theirs. Yeah. It's so, a good it's a good introduction. So is is a lot of their stuff kind of like that or it, it's a lot a like that, yeah. yeah. It's it's basically like uh Stephen Merritt is like the main songwriter and singer. Mm-hmm. He is a master at layering things. So right. like a lot of his songs you won't be able to tell what's what's what, what instrument is what. Um yeah. but it sounds so good. Yeah. And it's and it's all very simple layers. Not nothing of what he does is very complicated. All of his song structures follow almost very similar song structures. He doesn't really go out of the box as far as that type of thing like. Yeah. And he proved to me and this this is 
I, I started listening to him in college, but I really got into him like post-college. Just I found I found him very interesting after a while. Like mm-hmm. like we said, as I get older, I find like the pop song uh, formula more interesting. Sure. Yeah. He just proved to me that you can say so much with just kind of so little, like mm-hmm. if you just do it in the right way. And that really changed my mind about songwriting. Yeah. He like, I mean, first and foremost, the like when that song came on, I was trying to like figure out for the longest time, like who do these vocals remind me of? And I think, I think vocally it reminds me maybe a little bit of the national, um, just like that lower, kind of voice that he's got going on and then but also like the layering that's going on with what you know he's singing and what the harmonies are which i think if i was if i remember correctly all the harmonizing is in like just the right headphone like it's it's all like hard panned it's just kind of neat but um so do you remember when you first came across the magnetic fields and and you know did you have that initial reaction where you're like dang this is cool or were you a little bit like what's happening here uh i remember I don't remember the very specific instance when I heard them, but somebody right. in college, so uh, between 2004 and 2008, um, I somebody showed me. It was a very big time in learning about music for me yeah, when I went yeah. to college, um, and I heard a few songs. That probably was one of them, um, and it caught my ear. But I was also into a lot of other stuff at the time, but. Some for some reason I came back to it post college, yeah. and it just it's just funny like when something that you you've heard of you've listened to before but eventually it hits you in the right way yeah that it just kind of like blows your mind and um, you know sixty nine love songs is a very popular album by them yeah um, and so that's a uh, that's that's a big one that opens the door for a lot of people. It opened the door for me, but all of his full lengths are fucking awesome. Cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. Cause like just basing it off of that one song, um, you know, like it's got all sorts of, I guess, like little hooks, maybe not in the way, you know, when, when someone says, Oh, that's the hook of the song that people think. Cause he's obviously he doesn't like belt out some anthemic part, right? Like there yeah. is no like big, like chorus sing along type thing, but I like to think of hooks as just like those things, whether it could be that or just things that bring you back to the song or, yeah, or, you know, kind of like get stuck in your brain later. You're going like, Oh, I want to listen to that for this little thing. So whether it's, you know, whether it's guitar or keyboard, what, you know, that the kind of lo-fi glitchy effect thing that's going on. Like that's something that when I first heard it, I was like, I want to listen to that again. Cause I want to figure out like what is happening there. Um, yeah. or, or just like his kind of like low key vocal delivery, um, and I mean, low key, both in that he's just like chill and relaxed with it, but also he's in a lower register. <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> so it's it's just kind of cool. And, and all those things combined, like definitely kind of make me want to go, oh, I think I should check out if if not the rest of there's like just this album for sure in more. Yeah. Like in, in a little deeper detail. But um, yeah, no, it's this is one of my things I love about doing these particular episodes is sometimes you get you know, artists that come on bands that come on and you're like, yeah, I'm familiar with all of the songs you brought and I, I love mm-hmm. them all or what have you. But then I like the ones where it's like, Oh, I've never listened to this band before. This yeah. is kind of cool because while I'm, you know, the whole purpose of the episode, obviously 
is to try to introduce our listeners to new bands. I love mm-hmm. it when those new bands introduce me to new bands. So it's pretty yeah, rad. Great. But, um, but we're pleasure. gonna move. We're gonna move on to one that's not so new to me. One that actually um, we've had uh, on the show before and talked yeah. about this particular record. Did you get a chance to go back and listen to that episode? No, I, I wasn't able to listen to it. Yeah, with I plan Dan. on it. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, so we're about to listen to the Promise Ring, but having Dan on the show was such a fun time and an amazing thing because he's actually the first person. I don't know if you can't quite see it. It's at the very top of my screen here, but um, I see it. Yeah. So it's like the, it's the, it's the CD book. Well, it actually came with the vinyl copy I have, but I think it's the same as the CD book for this record. And I just like, so I put it up on the wall as I was kind of filling it in. He was the first person who's actually on my wall to be on the show. So that's pretty rad. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, I'm very excited to talk about this song and this band. So this is the promise ring with the song emergency emergency. Yeah. <laughs> And I love that um, you picked 
a song off of that record because I, mm-hmm. I feel like probably a lot of people who would pick something from the promise ring you know like obviously they're more i think like loved record i don't that's not the right word but you know like the one that people think of is probably um nothing feels good which is a great yeah. record too but like yeah this record and actually wood water are my two like kind of go-tos with the promise ring and that's because for myself like the promise ring i don't think i listened to them until wood water was out like they were one of those bands whose name i'd heard floating around mm-hmm. and then finally i don't know if Woodwater had just come out or what the deal was and like it must have just been that you know it was what was most in stock when i went to the cd store at the time and bought it that happened that happened yeah i yeah. remember that yeah and so that's what i came home with and so you can imagine my surprise though listening to Woodwater and then eventually exploring more of their back catalog because obviously they they made a bit of a change in their sound right yes um but this record I bought, it was one of the first records I bought on vinyl as well. Like I'd gotten a turntable given to me by my grandfather when they were moving and uh, he gave me some like jazz records. And I was like, well, I need stuff that I also really like. I, I like the jazz records, but I also want stuff that I listen to regularly. So I just happened to be in a record store and this was for sale, like a used copy or whatever. And I bought it and uh, it's been one that has like stayed with me since so like that was yeah that was like almost 20 years ago now but um which is wild to think but so the promise ring man tell me when were you like what what got you into this band when did you kind of discover them um for yourself i was i was probably in like 10th or 11th grade in high school and i had a sub and his name was mr kite ward okay um and we called him the emo sub. <laughs> I love it because he was in a band, a local band on Long Island. Yeah, um, he had kind of like the emo haircut. He just looked cooler than all of the other teachers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and he found out that I was into adjacent type of music, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Gotta listen to Cap and Jazz." Every every release by the Promise Ring is essential. Like he yeah, basically yeah. told me what to listen to, and right I listened. He's like, "Just Brazil, Jawbreaker, you got to listen to all that stuff." And I went out to Tower Records, and I bought these albums. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was another moment that changed my life. Uh, yeah. I I I don't remember the first album I bought by them, by Promise Ring. It was probably Thirty Degrees Everywhere. Honestly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which I, I now I know is like held as like an original emo, like right. emo record. Yeah, yeah. And I almost picked a song off that, like a deep cut off that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk about how the promise ring changed over time into yeah. a more pop, popular band that I don't, I wasn't around, like I wasn't in the scene when they changed, but mm-hmm. I feel like, maybe some of their fans weren't as into it when they changed for sure. And, they weren't. Yeah. And I, I remember playing the emo game, which was like an online game where you <laughs> could, do you remember that game? No. Oh so, my God. You so should feel, look it up. Yeah. Like real quick. I feel I'm, I'm interested. So when you say you were in high school, what years would that have been? That was 2000 to 2004, okay. 2001 to 2004. Yeah. Okay. So you're not that actually, 
um, that far behind me then. Because I was going to no. say, like, was was emo, like, when you were in high school, was it typically, like, what I think people tend to think, like, the hot topic emo sort of thing, right? Like, the My Chemical Romance, stuff like that. It was just, like, on the wave of that. Right. Um, so you were probably, like, on the back end of, like, Thursday and, like, that's that. Thir- Thursday was happening at the time. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was a big fan of Thursday and Saves yeah. the Day and stuff like okay. that. That's that's good cuz I I was going to say I'm like that blows me away like that your teacher would be like oh you got to check out these bands like cuz I was thinking mm-hmm. in my brain at first like okay this is you know like my chemical romance like fallout boy panic at the disco sort of time and I'm like oh that's so rad that your <laughs> a substitute teacher was like no check these guys out but it's rad regardless you just it's, weren't it's... quite quite in that world yet where I thought that man that'd be a long way back <laughs> I met the right people who you know, pointed me in a certain direction that obviously led me to where I am now. And I listened. So promise ring was a huge thing. I eventually got all their CDs. Yeah. Um, and I just listened to it for years and years and I don't think they were my favorite band right away, but there was always something that brought me back. Yeah. And I always appreciated that every album was a little different and I never disliked any of, the stuff from their catalog. Yeah. I, I loved it all. Um, but yeah, just over time they became my favorite band. And I want to mention this story because living room's first tour, yeah. we, uh, promise ring was reuniting. Oh, that's cool. And, and they were playing in Chicago and I forget the year. It was probably like 2010 or something. Sure. Yeah. We played a few shows to get ourselves out to Chicago to see them play. We had all bought tickets. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I mean, at that time I was like a super fan. I was young, mid twenties in, in living room, living room. Like we were just, I just wanted to be the promise ring. Maybe we yeah. didn't really sound like them, but like I was just obsessed with the whole promise ring thing. And I was up in front. They were playing their show. I knew every single word mm-hmm. uh i was just right there i was like so excited like full with that youthful energy that i just don't have anymore but after <laughs> after the show davy came down to the crowd and was saying hi to people and i was kind of like sheepishly hanging around the outside of the circle and he's like you you are awesome he's <laughs> like he's like you kept me going the whole show when i forgot lyrics I look to you to remember the lyrics. And like, I was like, oh my God, this is the best night of my life. It was really awesome. like the most memorable thing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about the promise, right? Yeah. They're incredible. Um, were you ever a fan of like the band Braid? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I don't know how much you listen to podcasts, but there's a podcast out there that's called Vinyl Emergency, uh, which cool. is really rad. Like, they, they talk about, records obviously vinyl emergency and a lot of them are kind of like in this whole world mm-hmm. um but the theme song for that uh for that podcast is a parody of this song except it's mm-hmm. you know sos it's vinyl emergency and nice. it's sung by bob nana from braid it's so oh. <laughs> like hands down it is the best like um it's got to be the best podcast like intro music out there the That's first time amazing. i heard it yeah first time i heard it i was like are you kidding me this is incredible um, That's sick. i'm gonna write yeah. that down in my little book right now yeah just just even for the intro music <laughs> it's so good <laughs> totally. um but yeah no the promise ring man like i gotta say like i don't know if my first exposure to them would have been maybe 
like hearing Davey on the Jimmy world record. Um, and like in that song and just going like, wait, and kind of finding out about like the different layers of references he was making in this song and referencing himself and stuff. And so I had to go out and, and, and find them. And they've always been, they're just one of those bands where I find they're just easy to listen to, you know, like you put them on and it doesn't matter which record you put on. Um, obviously again, over, especially the last two, they kind of start evolving their sound a little bit, but Davey was such a great songwriter or is such a great songwriter, um, that they're just super easy to listen to. Did you ever follow up with bands like Maritime and stuff like that? I did. Yeah. 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 I did. I did follow Maritime. Not as much, yeah. but I mean, I still put them on and I'm yeah. like, I, I can't not like it. Like it's right. just, it's such lovable music no matter 100%. what they do. Hundred yeah. um, percent. All right, let's move on to the next band then, uh, okay. which is a band again. Another one. Um, I don't think I'd ever actually even heard of this one, let alone listen to them. But uh, I do recall liking it when I put it on earlier. This is Dogs nice. on Yeah, Dogs on Acid. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the song is called "Could Have Had It All." All right.
So that band definitely a little more in the uh, similar vein to the Promise Ring. Yes. Um, but man, like I, so I, I went as that song was playing and added their. They just have the one full length. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then this came off of a self-titled single, which is. I. Uh, this is my deep, deep cut. Yeah. For the, the episode. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about Dogs on Acid. When did uh, when did you kind of come into them? Mid 2000s, um, Dogs on Acid came from another. So they're from Philly. Okay. They members of this band are from another pretty popular noodly emo band called Algernon Codwallader. Okay. Which they had their moment in the Northeast. Like amazing. They the singer kind of sounds like in that band, he sounds more like uh the dude from Cap and Jazz. Gotcha. Yeah. Um and way more noodly, crazy, like emo midwestern noodles but from philly um (laughs) and and then afterwards they joined this kind of rock band it's the members peter and joe from algernon formed this band dogs on acid joe i don't know if you know the band hop along i can't say i do know okay they're just another band that's kind of come from there joe the guitar player in this band is now in hop along but there's like a whole a whole lineage um all Philly related. Uh, I used to live at a venue in Brooklyn called Suburbia. It was just a basement apartment that had a lot of square footage. And I lived yeah. with like, I live with nine roommates and yeah. every weekend we would put on shows. That's awesome. Every Friday, Saturday for like years, probably like six years we did it. Um, and many bands passed through, but Dogs on Acid came through one weekend and I wasn't aware that Algernon had started a new band after they broke up. And I was very happy to, to see that they were doing something and to go into this new direction of more poppy stuff. Cause obviously yeah. big promise ring fans. So right. <laughs> their, their, their full length is amazing and you should check it out if you're in into stuff like that. But yeah, this particular song, for some reason, it's just the second song on a two-song demo that they released. Yeah, I listened to it so many times last year, over and over and over again. It just spoke to me. It's a great pop song. It's got the do 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 do. It's like it's just kind of got everything that I want to hear in a song yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of my story there. You, you know what it didn't have though? The first two songs that we listened to had a section in each song where there's hard panned backup vocals. So uh, in the Magnetic Field song, it was hard panned to the right ear. And then in Promise Ring, there was a section right before the bridge where it's hard panned to the left ear. And uh, and that one just didn't do it. So they, uh, they didn't do it. No, nope, they didn't the, do it. The oddball, the, the wild card. <laughs> they just brought it all to the middle. They, they yeah. did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that, that, like listening to that song, I had it on a couple times earlier, you know, I put it on here and there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it always catch my ear being like, Oh, I, I don't know if it's because the name dogs on acid. I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe something a little more sounding like it was on acid, uh, right. you, you know, but it would come on and I would just be like, Oh, it's got that whole, much like a lot of very emergency. It's got that whole, right, right. Um, what's the, what, uh, the, uh, that thing you do, like that drum beat, the boom, boom, bop, yes. bop, boom, <laughs> bop, right. It's got that going on, which automatically just makes me like bop along. Right. You know, yeah. it's, it's such a good track. And, uh, yeah, as we were listening to it, I was looking up and I was like, wait, 
obviously I had to find the song earlier to put it in this playlist. So I was like, where mm-hmm. is this song? And then, you know, this is only the one full length. And then I looked, I was like, oh, it's, it's on a single. So that's like, and it's so, so random. But I, I suppose like part of me, like never really lived in the world of like singles, A side, B side. I love collecting vinyl, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I love listening to music on vinyl, but even them, 90% of my records are all full length. So, you know, I'm not playing Same. the whole, yeah, like A side, B side, one, one, maybe two songs on each side. So when I see something like that, I have to almost like go, oh, I wonder, like, I wonder if that was released, maybe, and maybe it was, but like on a seven inch or something where that's just, you know, they put two songs on it because that's the way things were done for the longest time, right? So, yeah, you know, sometimes bands like to kind of stick to those more traditional things rather than, because these days I think of a single and I think of a band releasing one song a single mm-hmm. right but i mean mm-hmm. forever that would have been two songs you would have had an a side and a b side but um yeah no, that's rad i definitely added it to my library and awesome. i plan on plan on listening to it so that's a win let's let's talk about your band a little bit you mentioned them cool. um obviously it's what you're here for your band living room uh okay. your new album new years is out and uh i've don't i i couldn't tell you how many times i've listened to this record since getting it now i got it early and uh so like i i've had plenty of time with it but i did want to ask before we get into you know kind of the songs that you brought off of the new record so this is your is it fourth full length is that right uh i believe so i like i've honestly lost count because so what i wanted to ask though is because that first one that looks like i'm just judging off i'm just going based off of what i can find on on apple music um Moon Chaser would have been your first one, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, so I love hearing... So so I heard the first record I heard from you guys was New Year's, was the new one. And then I went back and found out, oh, you guys have more albums. So I, I, I mm-hmm. immediately, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why I initially went right back to Moon Chaser, um, but that's what I did. And I remember putting it on and being like, whoa <laughs> you know like it's not it's not like it's drastically different by any means like you're still i can still hear that band in there but that first record yeah. is definitely a lot more rooted in just like straight up emo post hardcore right whereas that's like, right yeah. whereas like now and and as i kind of dove into the the records that came after moon chaser uh they definitely get a lot you know you kind of start dabbling a little more in uh some different sounds um but if yeah. you were, if before we get into the songs, if you were to describe uh, your band to someone, you're like, you know, someone's like, you in a band? Yeah. What do they sound like? How would you describe? How would you describe <laughs> your sound? Uh, this I love this question. I obviously get asked it a lot because that's because you've got an answer. <laughs> no, no, I I say, what do I say? I'm like, well, first of all, whoever asks. I don't know what references they have to compare in their yeah. head. Yep. So if I say indie, what the fuck does indie mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I tend to say something like indie or emo. If I say indie or emo, I feel like that could be misconstrued. So I say something very general, like we're like a nineties rock band. Yeah. Yeah. Some, something like that. Like, people tend to describe my band back to me as like, it reminds me of an era somewhere in the nineties where, you know, like, rock and roll but not really um if i'm talking to the right person who gets the reference i could start to like delve into the more specific references but uh basically i say like we're we're like a 90s alternative rock band which i i mean i think that's 
fair in like as as a simple you know descriptor i was trying to find there was a um i couldn't find it now but when the when your song petrol head was premiered it premiered on a is it no echo maybe is that the name of the website no echo yeah 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 so there was something i i want to i wanted to read it hold on i i know um, the quote you're talking about yeah okay you you go with the quote cuz i'm not sure cuz um Tell me what you were going to say, because I wanted to re- read something else I think that they compared you to, but fuck, go figure, trying to Google living room and... <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that's another thing about naming the band living room. Just, it's, yeah. just, it's an SEO nightmare. I can um, imagine so. Um, we were, like, at the time when we named the band, yeah. it was just like, it was like band names like that were kind of in, like, mm-hmm. it was like just a thing just name your band a thing yeah and and we actually came up together playing songs in the living room yeah so and i also thought it was cool like it could be like the space that you give yourself to live your living room it was like a little deep and now that's just who we are like we can't change it (laughs) yeah um but the thing i did want to read i found it uh cool Living Room's uh, studio album, New Year's, will make fans of such bands as Fiddlehead, Super Heaven, and Balance and Composure fall in love with them if they aren't already so. Which, So the thing is, so Fiddlehead is a band that, uh, like they released my favorite record last year, hands down. And Oh yeah, uh, I like that album. Yeah, and then, so I was like, oh, when I, when I read that, I was like, okay, I can kind of see the vibe they're coming from because my initial reaction to kind of the band was in that vein of like nineties alternative, because there are some of those influences, I think particularly I want to say in guitar tones mm-hmm. and this might sound weird, but the sound of the snare drum. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. There's like, I love that. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Cause I'm not a drummer, but there's a specific mm-hmm. sound on the new record, which we'll, we'll get into obviously where I'm like, Oh, it just has that like it sounds like a, a deep snare with kind of like a loose gate on it or whatever, right? Like so it rattles yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit, but um but yeah, real real quick, how much of a are you are you big into guitar tones and finding those tones, or are you kind of one of those players who you're like turn your pedals on and it's like, yeah, it sounds good enough. I I've done a lot of research into pedals. I've collected a ton of gear over the years. Mm-hmm. And now I just have done enough research where I'm happy with what I have on my board. Yeah. And yeah, I turn it on and I'm good. Like we had practice tonight and yeah. we haven't had practice in a while. But I know that when I plug my pedal board in, like all the sounds that I want are still there. Yeah. When we record, we go into something called the tone zone with Gary. <laughs> Gary yeah. from Sound Acres who records us, he's got a bunch of pedals. Yeah. So we kind of mix and match in the tone zone. Um, but I still try and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like overstack gain stages or overdo any type of effect. Um, I am very, I am very discerning with the sound that I want, um, and it just comes from trial and error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were to say you had one pedal that was kind of like your secret weapon, uh, which pedal would that be? That would be the JHS Morning Glory Overdrive. Yeah. Um, JHS is, I, I would say they're they're a medium to big, uh, yeah, co- independent pedal company, um, yeah. and it's based on it's the circuit that they use is based on a Marshall, like you know Marshall amps. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marshall made a pedal called the Blues Breaker, 
Yeah. And I don't know when the eighties or in the nineties and they based their circuit on that and kind of improved on it. So yeah. it's a very, it's like a medium dis- to light distortion nice. that just breaks up the guitar. Not too much, not too little. Yeah, I really, don't know. Nice. I don't know how many hours I've spent binging, uh, JHS, their YouTube channel. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, there was a period of time where like they would do they, and they might still do them, but they were doing like weekly live streams and I would just sit there and watch them and be like, and then, you know, all of his, uh, the thing I've always loved, is it Josh? Is that his name? I think, I think Josh. it's Josh. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I've always loved about him is, I mean, there's two things. A, his incredibly dry sense of humor. Yes. Uh, I think it's great. <laughs> But B, the fact that he, you know, owns and runs and, you know, promotes this pedal company, but on his YouTube channel, he's like, shit, here's all these other great pedals that are out there, right? right? Like, yeah. and he'll do videos where he's like, hey, you you don't want to throw down, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a pedal. Here are some great, you know, options at a lower price point. And it was, I just always appreciated how much you can just tell that he loves playing guitar and playing with pedals, right? Like it's uh it's pretty rad. It's it's so much fun, man. Yeah. So, I've spent a lot of money on that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Let's uh let's get into some of the songs you brought. And I think I I could be wrong on this. I think I tried to put them in order of where they sit on the album. Now I just want okay. to double check that I actually did that. But uh yeah, I think I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Um so the first one we're gonna listen to is a song called uh is it mauve is that how you say that i pronounce it mauve but mauve? i think i think it has multiple pronunciations yeah, yeah. okay we'll go with how you say it uh the song mauve frame yeah mauve frame off of the new album new years <laughs>
chorus are is it is the line i know i'm feeling off i know i know is that what it is um it's i know i'm feeling old old <laughs> that's even <laughs> the better theme. yeah 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 um but the way you sing the uh like kind of the back half of that line you know it's like i was talking earlier about you know kind of like hooks being things that just make me want to come back and listen to a song mm. from the first like time you sing that line i'm already in my brain going oh this song makes me want to go back and listen to it again it's this weird sort of thing and i think because it's like maybe maybe it feels like the melody should like because it's kind of you know it's it's a fast moving song it's yeah. pretty upbeat feeling so maybe it feels like the melody should kind of soar a little more but mm-hmm. instead you kind of like bring it down and i'm like and it hits in sort of like this melancholic sort of way where i'm like oh i just want to like sit down and sink into this a little bit right 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 um i i, I think that chorus when i wrote it it kind of just a lot of times when i write especially choruses i just like Ouija board them they just kind of like come through me and right, yeah <laughs> uh, you know a lot of times I'm like okay I'm just gonna use this as a placeholder and then I'll change it later but mostly it. It, you don't change it because yeah. the first thing that comes to you is the most catchy thing or the thing that sticks right. with you and so like when I say I know I'm feeling old and then the listener might want to hear it soar, like you said yeah and then I then I kind of just trail off and say I know I know that's yeah. me feeling old it's like i'm not even going to try and do yeah. anything more I'm just, i love it like um and the song in particular is about i'm i work like a physical job i i'm an art handler okay which is it's kind of a weird physical job most people right. think construction or you know something like that but art can be very heavy yeah so <laughs> so the song is basically just about um kind of breaking your back for something that is supposed to be beautiful yeah and it's it's supposed to you know enrich your life and but being on the other side of of that like being underneath art trying to hold it up trying to set it in place and it's actually killing you in a way yeah um it's just kind of commenting on that relationship to it Hmm. that's cool that's cool so why and maybe you covered it but why in particular did you pick this as one of the songs to kind of I guess, introduce people to the band. Um, this is one of, this is actually the next one of the singles that we, we have out. So yeah. um, I just wanted to put it out there. I just wanted to, to continue to have it out on the airwaves. Um, yeah. It's something that I feel, you know, it's a song that we all feel strongly about, which is why we picked it as a single. Yeah. Um, it's just a really fun song to play. I mentioned before we had band practice tonight and we played this one a bunch and it's just like super fun to play live. And I'm really excited yeah. to continue to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so the next song that you picked off the record is uh, a song uh, called flood. Yeah. 
is it for you when writing a song um, to create like an atmosphere, a vibe sort of thing? Because that's one of the things, especially on this new record that I find uh, you guys do very well, is you kind of create this whole sort of experience, I guess, from like opening track to closing track type thing where everything feels like it's crafted with a purpose, like not just like, oh, we've written a really good song, but we're mm. putting the thoughts into why these pieces and parts are happening here and why we chose this particular vocal effect and all that kind of, you know, jazz, I guess you could say. Like, what goes into that for you guys? Um, it, I guess it, it is really important. Um, the important kind of runs in the background because we don't like set out to write a song and be like, it needs to be this this way or that yeah. way we're we're i mean we've been a band for like 10 years at this point um just like the whole mission is to serve the song so mm. i write most of the songs i bring the songs to the table that song is actually our guitar player johnny's song okay um and he sings it um and we just kind of like know each other so well now that we pick up on the feeling and you know, I play lead in that song. So like, I just kind of have a feeling of what to do. I use a special effect on my guitar. Yeah. And when Johnny, you know, writes to my song, he's the other guitar player. When he writes yeah. to my songs, he just has his way. Um, we all just really know our, our language. Mm-hmm. We have our own language together, our own vocabulary. So it is very important, but we don't try too hard. Right. Cause, um, that would probably take away from some of the life. From yeah, it, that you know? the guitar solo. It's interesting that you played it because uh, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I'm not typically a big fan of guitar solos, but what I like about that particular one is, and you mentioned it, like just the change in effect, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not like you just turned on, you know, a bit of boost or chorus or something or delay to push you forward in the mix. Like your tone changes and it kind of it kind of gets gnarly right like um yes (laughs) and and it sounds it it sounds pretty awesome uh so what uh what made you pick this song as one of the ones to talk about this is um another single that we have a video for yeah um it's another one that we feel strongly about uh johnny is an amazing songwriter um he always has some songs on the albums and he needs to be heard. Like he is, he, he is, he's just like, he's like my partner. Uh, you know, like we just go together so well. I feel like we sing together. Our voices go together really well. And, um, I'm just really stoked on this tune because when he brought this to us initially, we freaked out. Right. I was like, I don't even know. Like, it sounds like the Smashing Pumpkins or like something like this or that. And like, we just, we had to make it a song on the album. So yeah. And maybe that's what it is. Like when I talk about, you know, kind of like the vibe or atmosphere, like obviously the Pumpkins were very at their peak, especially very good at that. Right. Like kind of creating a whole atmosphere in a song. Um, And uh, which is probably the thing I always loved most about them is, you know, you could put on some songs, especially I find on like Siamese Dream, you put them on and it's like that album sounds incredible. Um, Yeah. Just it has this whole experience from start to finish. And I think, you know, maybe not to compare this record to Siamese Dream by any means, but just that whole idea of 
um, that, that feeling, I guess, that a whole record creates. But so when it comes to, you know, your songs and Johnny's songs, like how, like, what does that writing process look like? Are you bringing songs that are relatively complete and, you know, the rest of the band put their parts and spins on it? And is he doing the same thing or is it fairly yeah. collaborative? It's a lot. I mean, with me, it's definitely like I bring a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Like I bring something that's usually pretty much done. And then everybody else just, you know, I'm open to suggestions. Everybody right. fills in. Like, I don't say like, play this bass part, play this guitar, play this drums. Like, I just say like, this is the song, this is the structure. And then they come with their own voice. Right. And that, that that's how like living room has always been. Um, it's a, it is a collaboration, but I, as time goes on, like we only have so much time together to play. So I I find doing my job is a lot of just being like, this is a song and then we make it even better. Right. Like I I feel like my songs would not be half as good without my bandmates. And same thing (laughs) with Johnny, Johnny just, he comes in and you know, we do a similar thing. That's fair. Um, yeah. Cause like, it's, it's funny too, that you mentioned, you know, that this is, uh, uh, like a Johnny song, because I don't know if I would have necessarily been aware of that. Um, yeah. Had you not said it, because your guys' voices, I think, are fairly, like maybe maybe I just haven't paid close enough attention and having not obviously seen you guys live, not had the benefit of seeing the performance. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's that was kind of a bit of a surprise to me. So how, how often does he have songs ending up being on the record? You said um, he's got them on every record, but. Yeah, he usually has like two or three. Okay. Um, and at this register, I will say him and I do sound very similar. Right. Um, he he is, in my opinion, much better at projecting. He just has this amazing, like, like loud, raspy voice, but also melodic that I've mm. always envied. Right. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's get into uh, the last song that you brought, which is the song Seven Twenty
It's one thing I've noticed kind of, you know, talking about the promise ring earlier. And I, I said, I think basically those exact same words, like, yeah. well, I think I said, it's easy to listen to the promise ring, but mm-hmm. you're like these, these songs in particular. Now I only really know this record. Well, I've, I've kind of like listened to the other records, but not nearly as much time as I have with, with this record, but it kind of just has that like easy sway and flow to it you know what yeah. i mean like from start to yeah. finish and this i think this song is a great example of how you kind of like seamlessly flow from you know the verse that kind of builds by adding different parts as it sort of comes along and mm-hmm. then just like kicks in the da 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 da, da and it just like sort of yeah, sways yeah. right like <laughs> it works really well but uh so why was this one of the songs that you decided to pick so this one i picked it's actually one of the my favorite songs that i've written um and we played a magnetic fields tune earlier. Yeah. I I modeled this basically right after the magnetic fields. Cool. Um, when I listen to this song, I hear Stephen Merritt's voice in that low register. Yeah, yeah. I don't want yeah. not, but you know, it's it's me singing. Um, <laughs> I surprise, it's, surprise. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Uh, I wrote it, like intentionally like poppy lyrics about being in love and being in t- like things that rhyme very easily. Yeah. Way earlier in our interview, I said, you know, everybody else is doing it. Why can't I do it? And I wanted to just write something that it was actually initially this song was about somebody else. And then as time went on, it ended up being about me, go figure. <laughs> but, but um, I wanted to kind of just do a very simple pop song Um if you are into music, the first part of the chorus is in seven eight. It's not in a, a four yeah. four. Um, so if you if you li- listen back and count, it's in seven eight, which I think is really fun because you can't even tell. Even when I play along, yeah, to my own song, I can't tell that it's in seven eight. Right. So it's really it's a really fun pop song, um, and it it's just like 
it's magnetic fields worship in my opinion. <laughs> it's it's I like that you bring up the time signature because there was for sure at one point in listening to that song, I was like, oh, it felt like it skipped, you know, because like technically mm. it did skip a beat, right? Like yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, but then, like as it continued on, I was like, oh, maybe it didn't. Maybe you know, it, it just it just creates this little like kind of hiccup uh, or like feeling like you're kind of rushing the. Um, rushing the melody or the course a little bit. And I, I love uh-huh. little things like that though. Right. Where it just like little, all yeah. of a sudden you're like, Hey, wait a second. Not to the point where it's like nuts, you know, like yeah. where, where you're playing in all these like varying wild time signatures, but just like the little, Oh, Hey, mm-hmm. that was kind of neat. Um, kind of thing works really. I, I, I've always loved things like that. And I actually did it, when you, when you mentioned the magnetic fields and like the lower register sort of thing, I, I did have that thought pop into my brain too. I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Um, but it didn't, nice. Im- it's funny because it didn't immediately clue in or click in that we were just listening to the band where that example came up mm-hmm. earlier in this episode. I was just kind of like, I noticed that harmony come in or just like that lower part come in and be like, hey, that's kind of cool. So, um, but yeah, are you cool? I, I, are you cool to add one more song? Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, when I was when like like I have a song that I want to talk about. Because when sure. I was when I was listening to the record, this song came on, and now as I'm thinking about it, the only thing that came to mind was the name of the song. And I was like, oh, I want to listen to it to like remind myself as to there was something that I was like, oh, I hope we talk about this song because I really liked it, and Let's I'm hope it. I'm hoping I remembered which song it was correctly as I looked through the track listing. So. Uh. If not, we'll just get an extra uh, living room song, and then. Would love it. <laughs> but uh, I do want to listen to the song "Cold Morning" if that's cool. Oh, oh, absolutely. Let's do it.
that is my favorite song on the record and so awesome thank you <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on putting it like smack dab in the middle because that's not cool. yeah like i feel like you know those most times when i'm really into a record it's going to be within the first few songs or maybe the closer if it's something epic but right um, right and I, and I realized that that song has maybe taught me something about myself that i've known but maybe never realized until this moment and that i love and i, I mentioned it earlier i want to say it might have it must have been on mob frame um when a melody line finishes on a down note as opposed to kind of like staying the same or coming up or whatever, because on the verses of that song, every line kind of ends and you, you bring it down. Yes. And I like, from the moment I heard that, like, obviously, you know, you got the different guitar effects that are going on, like the choruses and flangers or whatever's happening. Oh, you know, (laughs) you know what's going on. Yeah. There's, there's a lot going on, which (laughs) creates, and maybe that was why earlier on, I was asking you, you know, about guitar tone stuff. Cause I'm like, there are some songs where there's, you know, definitely some layered effects, like obviously layered effects, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And so, like the whole vibe that the that verse creates with that going on, plus the melody line doing what it's doing. But then when the chorus kicks in, like it's just this like chorus that I could imagine. You know, like I've I've never seen you guys live. I don't know how many opportunities you've had to play the song live, but that people just like clamor and sing along, and it's like it's you know kind of one of those things because it's so takes off like i talked about uh with mob frame how it feels like it should have been like this soaring chorus and then it's mm-hmm. not which is what i love about it whereas this one takes it and like takes a, a verse that feels very subdued and then the mm-hmm. chorus and and to a certain extent the bridge as well are just like here we go and off you know it just takes <laughs> yeah, off yeah. sort of thing right it's so so rad and i love that vocally it feels so different from the verse in that like is that you singing on the song that's me yeah and you're that's, singing that's like you're singing lead on the verse and the chorus. Yeah, that's me yeah. The whole time. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like so, it goes from this more subdued sound to like I said, like a vocal that falls in line more with you know like some, you know maybe some more like emo post hardcore sort of mm-hmm. like that you know the crowd is just singing a lot like I don't know I just I love it it's a great song, and when I was going through the record. Uh, you know, you'd sent me your songs and then I didn't, you know, I remember listening to it one morning and, um, I didn't have like which songs you had sent written down. I was like, Oh, I wonder if this is one of the songs. And then I, <laughs> I was a little bit like sad when I looked at the list. I was like, Oh, it's not. Uh, dude, I but... wish I could have sent you so many more. You know? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. hundred percent. Three um, is not enough. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it is, it is such a great song. And, thank uh, you. And the, the record itself, like I said, man, congratulations on that. It is absolutely fantastic um and it makes me i don't i assume this is a good thing it makes me want to dive into your back catalog more like yeah yeah of course but it creates creates this problem where i just want to spend that time with the new record right but i'm like gotta see where these guys came from so hey man there's plenty of time exactly we hope (laughs) (laughs) famous last words right yeah yeah plenty of time Um, no (laughs) no man uh thanks so much for doing this and for letting me call an audible in the end too that was pretty i really appreciate that i had a lot of fun